Hello and welcome to Stories from House Arrest, episode 16. My name is Jordan Merrick and as always it's a great pleasure to be here today. Um, we're about to kick off the first of four remotely recorded episodes, um, starting from the pandemic and you know ending just as we've uh, as we've got out. But you know, it's it's a really interesting step back into a few weeks ago, and um, you know, reviewing and editing the episode myself, um, you know, it really put me back in that state of mind. And I tell you what. The sooner we can get through this uh, this crazy COVID era, the better, and um, and get back to being face to face and enjoying each other's company, enjoying live music the way it should be enjoyed. Um, the sooner we can get back to that, frankly, the better. Um, so, you know, thank you all for you know supporting the podcast and you know and keeping these people, um, you know, these musicians, these human beings trying to make a living, you know, giving them a platform to, to share their story and um, you know as I said last week and I say it every week because I truly mean it you know there's no better time than now to support artists so please you know reach out to the artists um, if you like their show and if you like their music as well you know give them some love it's really important. Um, On to this week's guest um, we've got a very very incredible person named Tanisha um, so Tanisha is a musician from the Gold Coast and is someone who I uh, connected through not long ago, in fact, um, just around when we went into lockdown, in fact, um, over her entry into the Listen Up Music uh, songwriting competition. And for those who don't know Listen Up Music, uh, they're a very, very great charity who do a lot of work around breaking the stigma of mental health and um and creating an environment where it's not only safe to talk about mental health but it's the right thing to do um and i love their work i've been involved with them for you know a good four or five years now and it's something i really value in my life um so tanisha entered one of her songs which um you know i still haven't heard i'm really keen to hear um, which has made it all the way from the top 100 to the semi-finals, which is in a couple of weeks' time. So, you know, we, we talk about our music, we talk about mental health, and we talk about IEIA, which you're going to hear about during the show. Um, all really important topics. And, um, you know, I really love Tanisha's openness um, to, to open up and talk about it and be really true to herself in, in doing so. Um, I have so much respect for people like that, and I, you know, this was a really special episode to record. So, look, uh, I won't keep you guys in my rambling world too long. So, please welcome Nisha. How was how was twenty twenty for you? Like the the year that was. Um, I think for me, it was like a really good year, and it's strange to say that, but it was the year that I decided to do music. And because all the time that we had, I learned quite a lot. And I've probably learned more in the last eight months of all the chaos than I have the whole time that I've been singing and making music. So, like, for me, 2020 was possibly my best year, I think, in terms of self-discovery and positivity and just trying to push everything that was happening aside and not focusing on it and Mm. because I did that I managed to just open all these opportunities up for myself which a lot of people probably didn't have like because their circumstances Mm. but I just kind of used it as a a way to be positive and learn more about myself so 2020 was honestly a great year for me it like kick-started my whole avenue of music and my whole like desire to want to sing for people which is really good yeah yeah nice yeah it's it's really interesting it's like one of those things that 
when the world around you changes, you're sort of faced with, well, what's important to me, right? Yeah, um, and that's I know, how I like, looked at it. Yeah, and I know a few people on the podcast so far have said sort of the same thing and and because um, it's really confronting when everything changes from one day to the next and day jobs become, well, nothing, um, you know, and mm. you've just sort of got to figure out on the fly what, what you're going to do and... Um, yeah, I mean, and that's, um, I suppose, a good thing of when you have time off your sleeve to write and, and record. Did you do a lot of writing or was it mainly recording that you were doing last year? Or? Um, well, it's crazy because I actually deleted most of the songs that I wrote, like had written off Spotify maybe like a month oh, ago. True. Because I feel like I was using, like coming from someone who didn't want to sing and didn't want anything to do with that side of like music to going into it I feel like I was making a lot of music for other people and I was making a lot of music that was like feedback from other people about what I should do and where I've come now and what I'm releasing I just kind of deleted them all Mm. so all the songs I had written last year most of them I was just like this isn't who I am as an artist and this isn't who I want people to see me as so all the stuff I wrote through COVID I was kind of like I, I used it as a way to learn how to use programs and learn how to write better and all that kind of jazz, but I actually deleted all of them, <laughs> most mm. of them except for like two, and it was a strategic move as well as a like an artist move too. And a lot of like my family and my boyfriend didn't really see it that way. They just thought I was deleting things that I wanted to, but it was more of a I'm not that person anymore. And if I want people to, I guess, respect the music that I make, it shouldn't have been in a time where I was kind of like felt like I had a lot of time and pressure to do so because of all the time that I yeah. had. So yeah, I just delete, I deleted them all. But I I write I write almost every day. There's a lot of songs mm. that I like. I'll just think of like lyrics in my phone. I'll just write down like four lines, and then I'll come back to it if I like it or not. And I feel like I think Alicia Keys told me, I don't know. I think Alicia Keys it was like a a webinar thing that she was doing, and I jumped on. And she said if you write something and you don't come back to it within a week, then don't bother like writing it. That's just the way that she worked through. And everyone was like, don't do that because you have all these hidden gems that you might come back to. But since I implemented that strategy, all the songs I've written have been just so much better. Mm. So yeah, I like write every day and then I decide a week later, is this something I want to do? And it yeah. About. It sort of creates a sense of urgency with those lyrics as well, doesn't it? Like you sort of, if you work with a one week shelf life, you have to sort of come back to it and think, okay, do I, is this what I want to write? Do I want to use yeah. it? So you sort of, you can't just say, oh, I've written it. I'll come back to it whenever, like eventually. Yeah, yeah it's really which is what happened with all. It. Yeah, which is what happened with all the songs I wrote in COVID. They were kind of like I had all this time, and I just spent ages writing them, like two months, three months, and then I kind of got lost in it, and then released it, and I was like, didn't really want to release this, but I did it anyway because everybody had so much time, and I was trying to be positive mm. and like all this stuff. So yeah, that's why I just deleted them all. I was like, I think that's not the artist that I am anymore, and the stuff I have coming out is just like level up basically. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, have you always been a writer? Like have you written since you were a kid or how long have you been um, doing it? It's so funny. Cause I, I remember like my parents pushing me to do music and I think because they pushed me, I rebelled against it and didn't want to do it. So I had like a guitar when I was younger and I would write music and songs and like I used to write, like I wanted to be a vet and I used to write like the ads for like what the vet place would be called. (laughs) And like I've always, (laughs) so bad. So I've always been writing as such, but because I didn't want to do it as a career, I never took the time to understand how to write. So it's always just came naturally for me. And 
yeah, I just haven't had to put too much time into it. But I would say I've always been writing as such. Like I've always had songs that I've written and scrapped away or been like, oh, maybe maybe one day I'll use it and scrapped away. So I've always been writing. So lyrics for me aren't, they come pretty easy because I've always focused on them. I've always been mm. writing just about stuff, I guess, this random stuff. And I usually write with whatever's happening in the time, which I find a lot of artists don't really do anymore. Like you look at, I just look at all the people that, I take songs from and draw inspiration from, especially when it comes to lyrics. And they all, like Fleetwood Mac and all those big names, they all have written to the time or something about what was going on in that time or how people were feeling. I feel like people don't really write like that anymore. So I find that that my writing style is very like, okay, what's going on now and how can I relate to that and how can I help Mm. people relate to that? So that's kind of like where most of my music is going to. Yeah, that's always that's how I've always written, I guess. It's how I'm a songwriter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's really it's really interesting to hear because I I'm very much the same with with songwriting. Like I write a lot, but I think it probably stems from my focus on lyricism and writing, just focusing mm. on that first and foremost. So, yeah, I've never I've only ever had writer's block once, and um, it was really annoying. It was a really annoying like month <laughs> but like yeah. it's funny like it, you sort of put it into perspective when you talk to some people who only write a couple of songs a year and you're like one month is probably not that bad I probably overreacted a bit <laughs> yeah no I did um, and when I had writer's yeah. block I actually wrote a song about having writer's block because that's just how I process mm. what's going on in my head so like I wrote the song and I was literally looking at the page and I was like like it was just like one of those old notebooks that had like the page date in the corner and it has like all the lines and I was literally, it's, I, call, I delete it now, but I call it's called, it was called Lines and Numbers. And it was literally about having writer's block. And that's how I like got over it. So it's yeah, weird no. how, even if I'm having writer's block, sometimes I'll step back and I'll actually use a song that I love and I know, and I'll Google the chords for them. And then I'll play that song as a cover until something like else like vomits out as like my own that's kind of how I get over it I usually am like if I can't write anything fine I'll just go do a cover and most of the time it gets me out of it so yeah I'm just I've always yeah I've never had like a writer's block I guess in that sense because I always channel it into just doing something else yeah for sure so out of curiosity like how have you found this lockdown compared to the OG the uh the big unknown (laughs) versus we know what the hell we're dealing with now uh, this whole this whole time I've just kind of been living life as normal like as normal as I can because if you focus on everything that you can't do and everything like it of it gets frustrating like I've had gigs cancelled this weekend I've had gigs cancelled like all the time but if that's what I'm focusing on then I feel like all I'm going to be doing is being negative towards being in lockdown so for me I'm just like all right whatever we're in lockdown like I get mad about it I'm like mad and I always like Facebook rant but in terms of living my life I'm just like whatever I'm still going to go walk the dog I'm still going to go drive to the shop I'm still going to sit in my studio like I just got let off from work but I'm like whatever I got let off from work that's Mm -hmm. cool I'm just gonna sit in the studio so I try and even in the the very first lockdown I was like whatever we're in lockdown I'm mad about it but if I keep being mad about it and keep focusing and being like, I'm going to go in another lockdown, I'm in another lockdown, that's all that I'm going to be focusing on. I'm not going to be realising yeah. that there's life, there's life to live still, which I think is sad because a lot. that's how a lot of people are living right now. Like, 
yeah, we have to go into another lockdown. Oh my God, what am I going to do for money? And like, yeah, it sucks. Everyone's, everyone's on the same page, but you just have to find the positives and everything and like try and live life as normal as you can. And for me, that's getting in the studio, writing music, doing what I love, messaging producers, messaging writers. Like it's just me carrying on with every day that I do. And that's how yeah. I guess I'm focusing on it. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you produce um, Do you produce sort of your own stuff or do you mainly collaborate or? Um, I do a lot of my own stuff because I have like perfectionism and so everything has to be a certain way and every time I've sent stuff to people and they've sent it back, it just, it hasn't, it hasn't been anything like I thought it was going to be. So I just learnt myself and I learnt how to produce to about 80% so that when I go to a producer, I can say, look, this is the song can you add your flair and make it better, but don't take away anything that I've done. So it's easy when I go into the studio because I already have a very clear idea of what I want to do, which is a good leg up, yeah. I guess. Because I don't I don't know how people would go into a studio and not have an, an idea of like percussive instruments and bass and pads because my whole life, that's how I've written, as if everything mm. is in my head. Like I can hear every instrument and what it's going to do. And then I take it to someone. I'm like, okay, can you add your little flair that you do? And then they, they come up with sounds that I can't make because that's I'm not a producer. So that's how right. I write, I guess. I've Like I had Ableton and then I dropped Ableton and had Logic. And now I have Logic. I'm like always Googling producers and how they're doing stuff. I'm always learning, I think, is the main thing as an artist. I don't think that what I'm doing is perfect, but I always strive for perfection. And to do that, I have to learn how to do things. So, I, yeah, I usually do most of my music myself. Yeah, awesome. No, it definitely helps, I think, when you, you can hear the bigger picture of the song in your head, like all the mm. other instruments. And, um, like, I, I definitely know songwriters who, who don't sort of process music like that. And it must be so hard. Like, I, so I don't know. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think all I'd ever write would be folk songs if, if that's how I was. <laughs> so and that's how I started yeah, out. When I write on guitar, I can't hear what is supposed to go where. Whereas when I write on piano, like if it's a song that I'm, I'm writing and like I can hear the type of drums that I want as I'm writing. So then I like Google how to make those drums, put a shitty sample in and then get a producer to put a better sample in, if that makes sense. But it's yeah. saying if I, when I write on guitar, it just sounds like country folk. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not who I am. <laughs> <laughs> just need to add a few minor chords. You'll be right. <laughs> oh, minors in my life. All my songs start on minors. <laughs> Oh, who needs major chords, really? That's a that's a topic for another day, but really, they're, they're overrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got to embrace the darkness. I always do. So, um, with, so something that, like, when we obviously first spoke on Instagram, you mentioned um, that you're involved with the Independent Entertainment Industry Alliance. Yeah. Yeah, I got it right. It's, yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so how did you get involved with that? Like, how did that all come about? So it's crazy. So I guess I was at home and it was right after. And I love footy. Like, my boyfriend's a footy fiend. So I love supporting sport as much as I love supporting music. But that day that she put everyone in lockdown and then filled up the whole stadium, that was the day where I was like, okay, I've had enough and I don't want to sit at home and not do anything about it. So I seen that the henchman, or not the henchman, um, Mo's Desert was making a meeting for people who were frustrated and angry. And I was like, well, that's me. So I'm going to go along 
as an artist like I don't really have anything to bring to the table because I don't know anyone in the industry but I was like I'm just gonna go because I'm frustrated too and then all of a sudden I'm just in this admin role and I'm like one of the top like there was like I think 40 people and then of the 40 there was like 20 people that really wanted to do the organization so like I just became one of the 20 that founded this organization and it's just with these amazing people who want to make change and do something different in like a peaceful way and I guess I'm kind of like one of the one of the only people I think there's a few others that are artists so there's a lot of like mm. event managers agencies like there's a lot people from Gold Coast Music Awards people from Queensland Music Awards and I might be like this little artist that doesn't really know anyone. <laughs> and I just thought I, I can help. And I'm not, I think the biggest thing was that I came without the intention of being like, oh, hi, I'm Tunisia. I'm an artist. Like, sign me. I came with the intention of being like, I'm an artist. I don't know many people, but what can I do to help? So, yeah, I got yeah. put in like this admin role and then started like lobbying and but basically lobbying against the government in like a way that makes us heard because obviously mm. what we're doing now is n- nothing's helping. The, the live entertainment industry is just going down. Festivals still keep getting cancelled and it's almost been two years. So we're just, yeah, finding ways that we can get the government's attention without protesting, which is what we're all good at. We're all good at writing, being creative, all that jazz, promoting social media. So we're just kind of all banding together. Yeah. And it's really early stages. It, we're only just still creating contacts, but it's like fully a thing now. We registered our organisation name. We have like a leader from the like uh food and beverage side leader from the entertainment side a person who's doing our promo and then there's like me who's taking like all the trying to do all the templates and pdfs for everyone and it's like sometimes i'm like whoa (laughs) this was not what i thought was going to happen out of this meeting but it's empowering Mm. and a lot of people have been on my side and on board with it i think that was a scary thing was like will people think this is legit and will they want to help but i've had heaps of people support me already so just is amazing yeah that's great and i think i think what you said earlier it's like you know a lot of musicians love sport like i love my footy too but there's there's nothing right about the lack of support that the music industry has gotten from the local council from the state council from the federal council it's just sorry the federal government mm, sorry yeah it's just been it's just been nothing you know they've supported some local businesses and some venues but artists just have not gotten support at all no and like same um, it's like so where most of us would be registered as sole traders under our abns if you're individually run not you're not with a manager or anything like that and not once has like I'm grateful that I have another job even though I just got let go from it until I can the borders back open but I've had another job so for me I was like okay well at least I can pay rent but some people that are just straight up sole traders like the government hasn't announced any single support for sole traders which is mostly like people in that creative field who have a business run like photographers wedding planners Mm. like all that kind of like social media people most of us are sole traders and we just haven't had any support and I was like I'm so done like I just I'm ready to lobby like I'm ready yeah. to cause some commotion in any way that I can and this is the perfect opportunity to yeah exactly I think I heard that there is some sort of small business support thing that you can potentially apply for from Saturday but oh, okay but that your response there is exactly my response and the response yeah. of a few other musicians I was speaking to. Who, who knows about it? Where is the communication if there is yeah. such a thing? 
Yeah. Um, apparently, they're taking applications for small business assistance packages, but generally with those, they're going to prioritize the brick and mortars, like the the venues, not the artists. Exactly. So, exactly. Like I'm not a. I mean, I've got an ABM, but I'm not a business entity. I don't have yeah. a profit margin. I literally just earn yeah. what I can, and I pay tax if I have to go over a certain amount of money, which barely ever happens. So it's like. Mm. It's just what like it's just like what about everyone else? I just I don't know. I honestly don't know how people that were full time musician, musicians or like unseen workers, so like the sound tech guys and the roadies. I don't know how they're surviving. The only way mm. I've got through is because I work in hospitality at another job, which is barely holding on anyway. But it's yeah. just I don't I I don't know how they do it. Hats off to you guys. I really don't know how you're yeah. doing it. Yeah, I. To be honest, so a lot of them, especially with... Because this is lockdown number five that we're in. And um, I was speaking to a friend who's a sound engineer. And he's basically ready to go study something else and get out of the industry because of how, how defeated he's he's feeling from, um, from yeah, another setback. And even if you can apply to be on JobSeeker, like if you swap to that... Like I know some artists who've got literally you know, $6,000 worth of gigs booked the next few months. And if they get cancelled, even if they got into Job Seeker, it's not like that's covering, you mm. know, oh, the yeah. money that they should have earned. And, um, you know, not that the government should give them all their money, but it's more so that there's, there's just no real support. And this, the option shouldn't be apply to be on the dole, you know? No, and it's even if you the, are, you know, like, Job Seeker is this weird thing where it's like, okay... Well, if you don't have a job right now, we'll give you money if you go and look for a job. But it's like we don't want to look for another job. We want to, we want our, our like our jobs and our livelihoods to become available for us to work again. We don't want another job. Yeah. We just want reprieve for the time that you're taking our jobs away from us, which is no clear line yeah. on Centrelink. You have to be looking for a job to get the money. But it's like <laughs> I don't want to look for a job. I have a job. You're just not letting yeah. me do my job. <laughs> yeah. And I've and I really think as well, and this is something that I noticed that the Ipswich Council does with their Studio One Eighty Eight venues that they try to get a lot of local artists through and paid. So they're trying to support local musicians, like original artists. Oh wow, and that's really good. Like you'd think, surely the council could try to put on like outdoor shows and stuff like that. They've done it in the Honestly. past, where they've put on they've put on events yeah. for original music. They could look at ways of supporting the industry. Easy. If they wanted to, but they they Easy. just simply don't. They couldn't. Yeah, it's like they don't care. The, and that's the like that's yeah, that's the big thing that our our organization is really pushing is like you're not caring about us, so we'll just make enough noise for you to care. Like, which is what the phone and the email jam is about. Pretty much, you know, they check their phones every day. They check their emails every day. So if we can get say ten thousand people to send the exact same message. That's just a copied and pasted template. And all of a sudden their emails get jammed up with all these same messages. They'll be like, hold on, <laughs> something's going down that we don't know about. And then, you know, at yeah. the end of the template, it's like, if you don't consider us in a support program, then we won't consider you for our vote. So it's like, yeah. we'll play you at your game. You want to have politics, fine. We'll get 10,000 people to not vote for you. So what are you going to do yeah. to help us? So it's like... It's like a peaceful protest kind of way. It's like making noise, but kind of getting them being like, what's going on here? People obviously angry, mm. but no one's really done anything about it. Like we're all angry, but no one's yeah. pushed a like strategic action plan, which is what we're trying yeah. to do. 
yeah, angry and united versus angry and divided, right? <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm all for a protest, but that's one way that get us back into lockdown. Like, there's smart ways to do things. Yeah, especially when that's what politicians care about, votes. So exactly. <laughs> Hit them exactly. where it hurts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, enough about the government. They get enough attention. So uh, yeah. let's talk about let's talk about your song. Nobody knows. So. Um, for those who don't know, so it's a semi-finalist. Well, you're a semi-finalist in Listen Up Music songwriting competition, and um, for those who don't know, Listen Up Music, it's uh, you know a mental health music charity that's really focused on you know awareness around mental health. Um, what what inspired the song? Like, how did how did your entry come about? Um, it's it's weird because I've always been about mental health. I've always kind of advocated, even when I was like maybe sixteen, seventeen, that. You know, you need to do things that make you happy. And, like, I feel like because I've struggled with it so much, sometimes I felt like everybody was telling me all of these things and I was, like, I was trying to do the good things but I wasn't even being able to do them. And everybody was telling me what to do and I was getting really, like, frustrated and, like, flustered and then it was making me not even be happy anymore. So Mm -hmm. I've always kind of advocated to people that you really need to find out what works for you and you you need to want it like at the end of the day it's like your mental health is so important and if you don't want to fix it it really won't get fixed and you can you can ask for help like people can help you but you have to want it you have to know deep down Mm -hmm. that okay I'm putting my hand up and saying like I I need some help or I need to go see someone or having that strength and that courage to do that in itself is something that you should be proud of not be ashamed of So when I wrote Nobody Knows, the whole theme was recovery and I kind of wrote the song without the intention of even submitting. Like I kind of started writing it without knowing that the competition even existed. And then I started to turn the lyrics to be more suited for this song because I was like, oh, maybe I'll have a chance in this. And it's basically about that. It's like nobody knows what you're going through but you. And Mm. nobody can tell you how to fix things but you. And it, recovery starts with yourself. That's what the whole song's about. It's like, I wanted to take a different approach. And I knew that a lot of people would probably look at it literally and, and be like, oh, I'm recovering from drugs or alcohol. I'm recovering from this. I'm recovering from that. I recovered or something. But I was like, I'm not using the word recovery. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take a different approach mm. of how I got through my mental health battles. And that was just realizing that it had to start with myself people were telling me things my boyfriend tells me things all the time and then a month later I'll come to him and he'll be like I told you that I'm like yeah but I didn't know it for myself so therefore it doesn't count (laughs) so that's where I kind of stemmed all the um like the the lyrics from and one of the lyrics is like I thought I knew how to get how to get out of here how to get out of there turned down the wrong way didn't want to say maybe it was shame so it's that whole like you have to accept that maybe, you know, maybe we've done wrong things. Maybe things have been mistakes and you've probably not told anyone because you've been ashamed about it. But that whole first line is like setting up the whole song. It's like recognise that bad things can happen and you can make mistakes, but that's you shouldn't have to feel shame about it. So, yeah, the whole song is like it really means a lot to me because I didn't think that I was a good songwriter. Like I didn't think that I was good at music. I didn't think my music was good for people to listen I just thought oh I make music for myself and so to get recognized for a mental health charity festival which is something always advocated for a song that really means something to me 
It's just, I'm like, was over the moon with top 100. I was like, I'm done. Like, I made it. 100, top 100, <laughs> you're kidding me. I like had a party and everything. And then I got the email saying I was a semi-finalist and I was like, oh my God, I have to actually sing this song for people. Like, <laughs> it still hasn't hit me yet. I'm still like, whatever, I'll sing it. But like, until September, I feel like I'm just going to be like, this is the song that I wrote. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And you know what? I, I really love what you were saying before, how you, you've sort of got to, like, you know, take ownership for it yourself, right? And that's what I think. And I think that aligns a lot with with, with what Listen Up Music's about in the sense that it's it's all about breaking the stigma, you know, behind mental health issues and normalising it. And I think when something like that's normalised, then people, I think, are much more open to taking ownership for mental health. Like, mm. I, I mean, imagine if, if physical injury, you know, was shamed and you, you fracture your ankle and you, you're limping and you need to go to the doctors, but you're just pretending it doesn't exist. Exactly. Whereas no one's going to do that because no one's going to judge you for having a broken ankle. It's the same exactly. thing with mental health. And I think if you take away that stigma, it really opens up people to, to look at themselves and say, man, I'm in a rut. I need to, mm. I need to work on my happiness. And... Um, and and find something that that can fix whatever's going on yeah um yeah and you know oh i need to reach out to someone i can't do this on my own and i'm gonna need to talk to someone my friends my family my partner um yeah i think taking ownership and and knowing okay i need it is is so powerful and i think um i think that's a really important message to share I'm yeah, really keen to hear the song. I didn't get to hear yeah. the song. So. Oh, I know. It's not even out. Like, honestly, this you should have seen the recording that I submitted. It was like me, like, last minute competition was closing, forgot about it, just plugged, mm. like, my Nord in to, like, the interface, didn't mix it. It's not mixed. Nothing's mixed. There's zero effects on this song. It was just straight up raw piano, one whole take, <laughs> vocals with no effects, just straight raw dry vocals submitted it and I was like hi sorry production is shit I was just focusing on the, was just focusing on the songwriting and then they laughed oh, and awesome. sent it back and like that was it but I think what you said was 100% true especially with the first line like I thought I knew so like I'm not saying your whole life you've been doing things wrong because that's what you thought you knew like the mm. whole song is literally like like I thought I knew which is, like, nothing to be ashamed of. Like, you thought what you were doing was the best thing for you at that time in your life. And so for you to be like, that's wrong, that's that tipping point where you're probably just going to be so much more happier with your life. So the whole song is just, it came really, it came surprisingly easily. I didn't really have to think about the lyrics too much because I was just drawing from my own personal experience. And I'm pretty open to being vulnerable now, like, I'm so open at work about things like I'm like okay guys like this is going on I need someone to help me I'm so open about it because I go home from work and I feel better and I feel like the transparency Mm. is there between my co-workers like if I'm having a bad day they know okay probably don't go talk to her because you probably rip your head off like (laughs) there's like and it's just yeah I just so all the words kind of just like came out and I only had to change a few because I didn't like the melody but yeah they just they all like split it out and I was like, this is it. Yeah. I'm going to submit this and hope for the best. Yeah, well, I'm so keen to hear it. I um, I did the judging for New South Wales or I think it was New South Wales. And, yeah, I tried to take a sneak peek at the Queensland ones before we were recording this. And, unfortunately, it was already locked and I couldn't get back in. So I oh, couldn't well, hear actually, it, but I'm looking forward to hearing it on the night, whenever, whenever yeah. that is, whenever we're out of lockdown and we can... Yeah. 
we can actually do it. <laughs> yeah, there's um, I did like a practice run of playing it live on my actual Instagram on the IGTV. So the whole song's on there. It's a bit different to that because that was just me like being like, oh my God, I just submitted this song. I'm just going to play it live for everyone. Mm. Now it's a lot more polished and like it's like song ready, I guess you would say. And the melodies are like, okay, I know I'm doing that there. I know I'm doing that there. But yeah, the whole song's like a preview, I guess you could say, on oh, my cool. IGTV. So you can have a listen to it, yeah. Yeah, I definitely have to check it out and like share it on share it on the socials too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how many minor chords are in it though? I'll tell you. So the first chord's are <laughs> F minor. <laughs> oh, perfect. And F then, minor, underrated minor chord. I'm pretty sure it goes to F minor, and then I'm pretty sure it's an A flat minor, and then it goes to an. E flat. I'm pretty sure the whole song's like minor. It starts on an Perfect. F minor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very keen to hear it. Yeah, so, it's really good. Like, yeah. So with um, like you know, on the topic of mental health, like in as you said, like you know, you've gone through stuff yourself. Do you have um, like, is there anything that's sort of helped you through hard times? Like, is it always just been music that's your that you, you go to for it, or is there anything like? you know, that, that you found has helped with, with getting through, you know, tough times mentally? Um, I feel like because, like, I don't get anxiety from people or from places. And so people always say, like, oh, I didn't know you had anxiety, rah, rah, rah. My anxiety stems from that need to always be the best person that I can be. So if I'm having a bad day, I'll take that out of myself and I'll just be so self-destructive. Like, I'll just be self-critical. I won't get out of bed because I'm like, well, you didn't do that. So there's no point getting up Mm. in that kind of like mentality. So for me, it's like if I'm getting going through something, I kind of try and force myself into the studio because I know it'll just vomit out whatever I'm feeling. Or I just start to go outside or appreciate things. And like, it's hard. Sometimes I just rather I just rather stay in bed and do nothing because like. I'm so self-critical and I can't turn off all of these things. And like that's what people I think a lot of people don't understand is that anxiety can have so many different manifestations. It's not just like, yeah. oh, I don't want to go talk to my friend. Like that's not the type of anxiety that I have. Mine is 100% self-driven and it's like very self-destructive. So yeah. I think just I, I can't talk. If, if I'm in one of those states, I don't want to talk to people because they don't understand and I don't want to go out and, ha- and like, party and, and be with my friends. And, like, I'd rather just write music and sit there and, like, be present with my emotions. And, like, I'm feeling really bad. Why am I feeling mm. bad? What happened? Was it because I missed a deadline? Was it because I didn't get that lyric that I wanted? Was it because I didn't get enough streams? And then I know the root cause of what it's, like, I know why I'm feeling that way and I kind of can address it. Most of the times yeah. I need my boyfriend to be, like, stop being logical, like, this is this is it's fine you're going to be fine and I think if I'm in a bad state I kind of just say it's going to be fine like what's the worst thing that can happen and like yeah because of COVID it's like (laughs) what's the worst thing we've already been through the worst thing that can happen (laughs) so it's like I didn't get enough streams what's the worst thing that can happen I get them tomorrow like Mm. trying to use that as a mentality but it's been it's been a while since i've been like that to be honest which is like really really good which probably means it's coming (laughs) but 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 yeah it's it's been a while and it's lucky i have a partner who can literally like be like stop 
Like he literally looks at me and he's like, stop. Like you're doing this thing again. I'm like, I don't know how to get out of it. And he's like, you do. Just stop. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like I really oh, learned to. Yeah. I've learned, I think the biggest thing I've learned, especially with editing, I'm doing, I'm editing my music video. The biggest mm. thing I've learned is I would used to do things for hours because I'd be like, if I get this done now, then I don't have to think about it tomorrow. And that's how I got through school. I used to submit assignments like four weeks early and people used to be like, you're a weirdo. I'd be like, no, because now <laughs> I don't have to worry about it because my mind's always thinking. It's always ticking over. There's always something. I've never been able to keep a quiet mind. There's always something yeah. like... It doesn't matter what it is. Like, is it going to rain? The, then I have, like, oh, the washing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I didn't get into the studio because I had to do the washing. And then I have an anxiety attack. It's just crazy. But the biggest mm. thing is, like, I've learned that I don't have to do everything on the one day, especially with this music video because it's taking me so long. I've actually stepped back, like, five times today. And that's, like, a big thing for me to be like, okay, I'm going to have a break. I'm going to come back because I never, ever used to do that. Same with my music. I used to write for hours, whereas now I'm like, I write for a couple of hours. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go walk the dog. And I don't, I'm not hard on myself anymore because I used to be yeah. really hard on myself. And that's the biggest thing that I've seen as a change in myself. And I think it's making me write better music and become a, a better artist and be better at social media because I'm so bad at social media. I hate it, but it's such a necessary evil. Mm. And so all those things, I'm kind of starting, I don't know if it's like I'm getting older. So like, these things are like more important to me. So I'm focusing more on them. Whereas before I was kind of like, oh, I'm young. I just want to travel. I just want to do all this stuff. And now that's kind of been stripped away. I've been really focused and I've been forced to be vulnerable in my life because I haven't had Mm. all the things I've loved taken away from me. I'm like forced to be vulnerable with my music. I'm forced to be vulnerable with the way I approach things. I'm forced to be all these things that I wouldn't have thought about before because everything was at my fingertips. Yeah. So yeah. When you um, when you write, like, say you're feeling vulnerable and you write those emotions into a song, how how do you feel afterwards? Like, what's the the emotion you feel? Do you feel relieved? Do you feel it's like indifferent? A, it's like a somber feeling. Like it's not. I don't really. I can like tap into feelings that I felt when I was like twelve. And I can write about that because that's the way my brain has just blessed me. I think about things all the time. So if something happened to me when I was like 12, I can literally sit down and relive all those emotions that I'm feeling because of my anxiety, because I hold everything in my little brain. So when I like splurted out, it's kind of like, yes, that's exactly how I felt. That's exactly how I'm feeling. It's not forced and I don't walk away being like, oh, I'm happy now because sometimes things happen, especially when I wrote that song about the the government flying to Tokyo and it it kind of blew up and got heaps of views and streams. That's how I was feeling so angry. So I wrote a song about it, but I didn't walk away from it being like, okay, now I'm fixed, now I'm done. It was just more of like a somber, like, yes, that is correct. That whole, that, that's exactly how I was feeling. And it's Mm. more of a, just like a peaceful, neutral, it's out there. Don't have to think about it anymore. Can come back to it if I want to. But it's like, it's more of a, I don't know, it's like a not relieved feeling because I'm still angry. I'm still feeling all those feelings. But it's just kind of like more of a like, yes, congratulations. You've just said how you felt. And then my brain kind of like calms down a little bit because it's like gets the approval from me that I did a good job. So yeah, yeah, it's weird. Having anxiety and being a musician is just so strange. (laughs) Because <laughs> I can't write music yeah. that 
like, you know, there's all these artists and I always look up to them that can just write cool pop songs. I can't do that. I can't write a pop song because every word has to be what I'm feeling. Otherwise, I feel like I'm disheartening myself or I'm being disgenuine. I'm not writing to what I should be writing because I'm not feeling that. So, like, I try to write pop songs and they just sound so bad. <laughs> they just sound so forced and, like, a 12-year-old has, like, got on SoundCloud and released a song. That's how my pop songs sound. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know the feeling. When I first got into songwriting um so i would have been like 14 15 and i was like oh, i'm gonna write i'm just gonna write my emotions i'm gonna just try to be genuine and it just came out the complete opposite it was sounded so forced and crap oh, and it wow. was just i was just like throw that into the bin <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's, it's lyrics funny, are like, important too yeah lyrics lyrics can turn a song corny real quick Oh, and yeah. that's oh, yeah. that's one thing that I've ever I think like Ben Howard and Bon Iver I I grew up listening to them, and so mm. for me those were my inspirations. People that were writing music that other people really didn't like, and if they did, yeah. it was like because it blew up somehow. But you you ask people like, have you heard Holocene by Bon Iver? They're like, what? And I'm like, well, mm. that's the music I grew up listening to, so that's how I write. So I've always mm. focused on like, instead of being like, it's raining outside and I feel sad. Like I always think like, how can I word this in a way that is that, but is yeah. not corny. And that's how like the emotion side kind of comes out and like the tapping into like, how do I say this without literally saying it? And I was so bad at English in school. I almost failed English, but for some reason, my whole music is like a big metaphor. <laughs> and it's like, why couldn't I do this in school? Now I can do it. Especially with like, so relatable. yeah, like there's this song and it's called Loophole. And it's basically about that I wrote. And it's basically about feeling like you're in a relationship and it's just going round and round and round and doing the same thing over and over. But instead of being like, I feel like I'm going round and round and like, you know, all those those lyrics, it's literally mm. like, um, it's like, hold on, I've got to think about it. I was like, thought I could change fake love you played. Like I'm really taking on the words and not making full sentences. And that's how I've always mm. written. Same with Nobody Knows, like, there's little bits of like, I thought I knew how to get out of here, how to get out of there. Instead of saying, I want to be away from this place, mm. it's tapping into like that really present moment. And that's how I write short sentences. Some sentences don't make sense. Words. <laughs> that's basically how I write a song. <laughs> it's like, I've never been good at writing full sentences in my music because that's too much of a broad like, how do you say all those words without saying all those words? I need, like, four words for a melody. That's it. Yeah. And I think it's a really, like, a really good way of writing. Like, I write pretty similar in, in that sort of respect that I just – it's like when you're trying to write, and as you said, if you're trying to fit too much into it, like too many sentences, or if you can achieve the imagery with less words, hmm. there's something so powerful about that. And I think as well, because it's so, it's not – as literal people can then just hear it and feel it and interpret it yeah. the way they want as well it's not as i walked down the street and i said hello you know it's not it's yeah. not literal it's um it's a nice and way of just, writing i like yeah, it. it's like tapping in i don't remember where i've seen it i don't know so i always watch videos on youtube i love watching videos on youtube there's so much things that you can learn and 
I don't know if it was Matt Corby or Jack Johnson or one of those artists that said, write about a, a moment, not a story. Like, because if you can write about a moment, like you think about Adele's hello, yeah, everyone uses it, but it's literally about a phone call, like that whole song. People can relate to that because, you know, they've had phone calls with their friends and family, but she's tapping into that single moment. And it's like, when I write, I'm like, okay, what moment is this song about? Not what topic or what genre is this song about? Or is this song about love? I'm like, what moment in love is this song about? Feeling like you're in a rut, feeling like you're sad. Like, which moment am I going to write about today? And like with the Nobody Knows yeah. song, is like the moment that you realize that it's, it's down to you, that moment I wrote about. So that's how I write. That's why I've never been good at pop songs because I can't make catchy like phrases that people listen to because I'm I'm always looking for a moment to write about. Always. Yeah. I've always done that. I don't know how not to. Yeah. Well, your music's pretty catchy. I really like... Um, I was listening to a bit of your stuff earlier and I really like that song, Flowers. I thought that was really... Flowers, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really nice Same song. with that song too. Like that song is about... A moment where someone leaves you and you're accepting you're not a crazy psycho which is what halfway house is about but it's yeah. like the moment that you're accepting and you're thankful for the lessons and you hope they remember things but you're like grateful which is the song flowers because i just imagine like giving flowers to your new girlfriend at their wedding day or something, which is what mm. the whole song's about. But if you, I didn't say wedding day. I didn't say any of that stuff. But when I was writing it, I was like, you know, will flowers, like when my love falls to the ground. So when we split, will I drop to the ground in sadness? Will I be anxious? Will When I fall to the ground will my tears bloom flowers that you can learn lessons from and give to your new partner? Like that's how I write all of these things. But you don't, you yeah. don't hear that stuff in the song. You just hear the song. But when I'm writing it, all these things are going through my head like, oh, this moment, this moment, this moment. Like, what would you feel in this moment? And that's how I write. So, like, Flowers, I'm like, this is awesome. This song's about being about thankful and hoping that your new partner finds lessons and can give them to their new partner, mm. which is, like, crazy because I'm like, what? <laughs> Did I just do that? <laughs> like, it's just a song about... And then everyone's like, oh, I like your song about flowers. It's really cool. I like flowers. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> little do they know yeah but that's, i think that's also great though that you know people can listen to say oh, i really like the flower song and like they can tell you about it and it's like and then you have your the whole story in your head and you're like it's so different to what people are saying about it but so that, that's, i think that's a really it's so awesome you know it's such a great thing of music i think um especially when when people interpret your own songs it's always weird but um but you know, it's it's such a it's such an awesome thing about writing songs and and hearing what people how people hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the fun experience. It's of magic, it, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And my boyfriend's yeah. really not like I love him so much. He's my world, but he's not the creative kind of mind. So when he listens to my music, he just like this is a cool song, and I'm like, you have no idea what this song's about, <laughs> do you? And he's like, oh, it's cool. Like, And then if there's a lyric that's like really creative or really like obscure lyric, like he's kind of like in there to make you think. He'll mm. be like, that doesn't make sense. That shouldn't go there. What is cold hands? I'm like, babe, <laughs> it's a <laughs> metaphor for like dying. Like, <laughs> Oh, okay. And he's like, oh, I get it, kind of. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Ah, oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah, honestly. He's listened to so many of my bad songs. So 
Give me yeah. anything. That's the job of the pun, to be the sounding board, right? Or just uh, just to hear and uh, and then but, agree or disagree. <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> always agree secretly. <laughs> no, because most of the time I come to him for advice, and then he says the thing that I don't want to hear, and I'm like, "Well, I'll just do it anyway because it's my song, <laughs> and I want to do it." He's you like, didn't understand you it at me? all, did you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm doing what I want. <laughs> He's like, "Why did you come and ask me?" I'm like, "Well, I just thought you'd agree with me and be supportive, not tell me it's bad." <laughs> Don't tell me it's good. Don't tell me it's good. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, dear. Wow. Nah, it's the fun of writing, right? <laughs> Creative mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, well, thanks so much for coming on. This has been a really, really fun episode. And it's really good to get to know you and um, obviously get to, to hear a bit about, obviously, the stuff that you're doing with um, the IEIA. Is it, are you, do you guys go by the acronym or? To be honest, I don't even know. Like it's I <laughs> in, independent in, independent entertainment industry online, so it's I E I A. But like yeah. I feel like we don't have to refer to ourselves much, so we don't really think about that stuff. We're yeah, just like, true, oh, we're gonna yeah. ma- have our meeting. Like whenever, like oh, yeah, like calling up and being like, are we meeting for the independent entertainment industry alliance today it's just kind of like are we meeting today like yeah, we never actually have yeah. to think about it but i think on instagram you know they've shortened to the acronym the IEIA, which yeah. is a lot easier for the public easier to say <laughs> yeah yeah but no i'm really keen to see how that goes and um i think a lot of musicians um myself included are going to be really keen to back it and and support it because i think uh, as we we're saying before it's going to be great to if, if we can unite under the common cause of mm. give us some support. Um, I think it's going to be, it, you can only do good things, right? It can't, yeah, it can't have, it can't harm the industry. <laughs> it no, can't harm we've... an industry that's on its knees. <laughs> dead to head. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So I'd really like to end this with one final question and it's, um, it's my favorite one. I always like to ask this one cause it's something that, um, I've had to ask myself a lot, um, especially last year and it really made life easier for me. Um, what is something or, or someone that you're grateful for? It's a lot of things, but I think I would have to say I'm just grateful that I'm able to do something that I love. And sometimes I think, like, am I being selfish or rah, rah, rah? And, like, other people are always like, oh, you're so lucky. And I'm like, I'm not lucky. I've worked hard to get here and I've made choices in my life that have allowed me to get here and I've sacrificed things for me to get here. So I'm grateful that I get to do what I love. I'm so grateful because I know it can be taken away from me in a split second. But I also know that I've worked hard to get here. And the biggest thing is, especially with everything going on, you can be grateful for anything if you make the choices that allow you to be grateful for that thing. So it's like all these people are saying, like, I have nothing to be grateful for. I'm like, well, you're not making choices in your life. They're allowing you mm. to be grateful for things because you're doing the same thing over and over and you're expecting something different. And that's, you know, insanity. So mm. I'm just grateful that I get to wake up every day and I get to be like, okay, yeah, I only work three days a week. Yeah, I barely make rent. But I get to wake up mm. and decide, am I going to go into the studio and make a banger? Am I going to go to a producer today? Am I going to bus? Am I going to go book a gig? Like, am I going to do these things? And that for me is just, I'm so grateful that I, I can do that with everything going on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. I feel like it was so weird because 
maybe like three years ago if you said like I would never play piano again I'd be like that's okay I can be a teacher that's okay I can travel but now if you told me that like I broke my hand and I would never be able to play piano I would be in a very very hard place mm-hmm. and that for me would never have happened before so for me I'm like I'm grateful that I get to do what I love yeah oh that's awesome and I think I think that's such an important thing to be grateful for and something that um like over last year I, I definitely felt like I was being a bit too negative about things so I started to make an effort to every day think of a few things that I'm grateful for and it's funny like when you don't think about it it's easy to be negative and to think oh life is so tough there's all these things but then you never really start you stop to think man I'm so grateful I've got a roof over my head mm. and I've got fresh water in my tap I've got electricity I've mm. got a bed you know wow th- those things are actually shouldn't take you shouldn't take them for granted because so many people don't have that yeah it's actually nuts and, and the more it's you crazy. think about it yeah and you can you can the biggest thing for me is like you know I always try and help people but sometimes I just can't be bothered because I'm like I'm talking to a brick wall but the biggest thing to me especially mm. with the people that I work with is I'm like if you're unhappy change something like it will be hard mm. it will be hard but everybody has the power in their self it is their life you can do whatever yeah. you want you don't have to go nine to five job if you want to have money then sure go do a nine to five job but if you're unhappy in this life change something and that's the biggest thing that really yeah. boosted my career off i think was because i said i'm unhappy i'm not balancing everything what can i change okay yeah, I'm probably not going to have much money, but mm. that gives me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to do whatever I want. And since yeah. I did that, my life has just been so much happier. And I'm like, why didn't I do this my whole life? Why don't I just be like, I'm unhappy. I'm changing something. And so it's, yeah. just, it's just crazy. So I think, I think a lot of people need to take that more on board and, and just be happy for what they have. And I'm not saying I do it every day. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, this is the worst. This is so bad. Mm. But I'm trying. And if you're trying, then I feel like you're doing a good job. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's all you can do is try. And then sometimes you do need to just take a bit of a leap of faith and and back yourself in and say, if you're unhappy, let's just take a chance and make a change. And you know, it might not work out, but you've got to try. I think mm. is the 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 thing above all else. If you don't try, it's never. Unless we get completely lucky, uh, you're never going to succeed in exactly. what you really want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on. No it's um, it's been really awesome. No worries. I love talking. I talk all the time. <laughs>